Welcome to our podcast, What I Didn't Learn at Harvard, where super connectors who will be talking about how to network smartly in a post-pandemic world. I'm your host and moderator, Rajiv Jadav. I'm a reputation management strategist and social impact activist. My co-host is Victor Lee. He's our Harvard alum, and he will be guiding us through all the things he's learned about networking since he graduated. In the episodes that follow, you'll be hearing from experts who do networking well. Welcome to another exciting episode of things I didn't learn at Harvard. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Richard Levine. I'm looking at Richard's LinkedIn profile and his his headline reads as such, leadership consultant, founder, executive concierge services, executive mentor. Now, uh, Richard, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you, glad to be here. Yeah, and Richard, uh, we're going to have you unpack that uh, momentarily. But before that, uh, I think this other information uh, is relevant. Uh, Vic, um, Richard describes the purpose of what he does as to support the growth and sustainability of small and mid-sized businesses as the backbone of our economy through the discovery and development of the untapped potential of the people in those businesses and to facilitate the application of that potential for their mutual benefit. Wow, so there was a lot there, as well as there was a lot in your LinkedIn headline with the executive concierge services. So maybe, Richard, could you maybe start by unpacking executive concierge services? Like, what does that mean? Uh, What it means is, we behave or act or perform or deliver or interact as a concierge would in a hotel environment. You have questions about how to get to or go somewhere, and we help you, direct you, guide you in that direction. When it comes to the C-suite executives, we can help executive people and organizations primarily small to mid-size, figure out what it is they need to get to their next level. Most executives in small to mid-size business are experts in their field. In fact, they know how to run their business, but managing the organization is a whole other thing. And that's where we shine. Richard, I think that's great. And obviously we're going to be drilling down into that a little bit more because as you know, our, our the podcast is uh, the, a major thing is about networking, right? And networking is really about how you interact with people and how you let's be blunt, how do you get what you want from these people? <laughs> and I know that your career has been really built about leadership, which in many ways is much the same, right? How do you get people to follow you? How do you get people to do what you need them to do, and so on? So again, it, you know, the, the core, the commonality is really about human behavior. So can you tell us, can we just dive right in? So when you're sort of coaching people on leadership and strategy, what are some of the themes or techniques or you know truths that you try to impart to your clients? Primary truth. If an individual's personal leadership is not developed to its potential, 
they're going to have difficulty getting anyone else to follow them. If, if the leader doesn't know where they're going, how they're getting there, why they're going, and when, why should anyone else even listen to them? So our primary focus or our, our, our preliminary or first focus is on the leader, executive, who is the client initially. No one else can say yes uh, to what we do because it can change the culture of an organization. Helping them understand that that business exists, exists for their purposes. Our experience is that the world does not need another small business, but they have that business for their needs. And what they don't know is why. We help them answer their why, if you will, first. Then we can get them thinking about strategy, et cetera. That's interesting. So you start with why does the business exist from the perspective of the owner? Correct. And that's interesting because a lot of people talk about businesses as, you know, who are you trying to serve? But you start, yes, the owners, okay. Both are true. However, I had a client in Philadelphia 107 years ago <laughs> that uh, said, he was asked, uh, what's more important to you, developing your people or developing your customers? He says, if I don't develop my people, I won't have any customers. Right. So it's the same principle applies here. If the individual isn't clear, on why they want the business and how it's going to support them. They won't have any idea how to use the business, contribute to the business, improve the business so that they can benefit. Then they can help other people. Okay. And I hope so, that so, makes some sense. And so is a lot of your work sort of bringing business owners to that realization, right? Because I mean, you're right. I mean, a lot, for example, like, you know, people open a restaurant because they like to cook. Yeah. But then they realize, oops, it's actually a business. Yes. So then they need this kind of skills and things that you bring to the party. Correct. And opening a restaurant because they like to cook is one way to make lousy meals. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to be at the stove. Somebody else is. Right. If you own the restaurant, being the front man, front person, the maitre d', the person who greets and creates the ambiance is the one that's going to make that restaurant. You can always, one can always hire an excellent chef, but you can hire the values of leadership. Okay, so you so we're back to you have to start with the leadership. Yes. Okay. And so, can you give us some examples of how you know clients you've interacted with, and do they do they agree with that? Do they understand that? Are they able to implement what you tell them, what you suggest that they do? And then, what kind of results do they get? Great questions, Victor. Thank you. The answer is yes, yes, no, no, yes, no, yes. Okay. Uh, All right. So moving on. No, sorry, just kidding. Right. When we first meet a prospect, uh, and we do sell, because only the only way to get a new client is to make a sale, obviously. Right. So they are prospective clients, and they don't really understand what we're saying. I've been referred to them, and uh, what happens is. We have to spend time in a process sale. We are developing rapport, which really involves developing trust, mutual trust, so that they do begin to believe that we want to help them. Well, that's interesting. Uh, well, so it's almost, you almost start with motive. Like why? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. And the questions we ask in the beginning are very simple. How long have you been in business? How many people work here? What do you make? How much of it do you make? And then we get into, how come you gave me this appointment? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. 
and that gets them going. Well, um, now that you bring that up, uh, we're having a lot of turnover here. Oh, how long has that been going on? Is it in one area? Is it something that you can uh, pinpoint the cause? Okay. And so is your role to surface the problem and then, or is your role to, to give them the answer? I rarely give any answers. Okay. I help them surface the problem because they, uh, they agree to an appointment. They know that I'm going to help them by being engaged. Right. I'm going to exchange money for expertise, not for time, by the way. Right. I don't work on an hourly basis. It's the, the value of my experience, my education, my know-how is what people are paying for. Sure. But we get them to begin to think about what they need as a, uh, what they want compared to what they need and what they buy is what they want. So my challenge is to help them see that what they need is more important than what they want. And the difference is the want is usually the outcome of addressing what they need. I hope wow. that wasn't confusing. That, that's really interesting. Can you kind of peel that back a little bit, a little bit more? The sure. Uh, let's, let's use the turnover thing. I want to uh, fix uh, HR right. because if there's so much turnover, it's got to be their fault. Really? Got it. Okay. Got so it. that's what you want is to fix HR. Does everyone in the organization know what your vision is? Do they understand the values and philosophies that underpin the existence of your business so that they can, in fact, understand why you ask them to do what you ask them to do? Well, but it's interesting. Is this the point where, where the client says, yeah, yeah, never mind that. I just want <laughs> you to fix HR. <laughs> well said, Victor. Yes, that's the place. Okay, and, and I then I have to point out to them more than once, it's not HR. Okay, Fred, it's you. Okay, have you? Do you have a an articulated vision in the with ten elements of what you expect or what you want, and do you have strategy to back it up? And do the people know their role? Do you know what they really expect? And do they know in a specific, tangible, measurable way? how much of what you would like them to produce. Got it. So the turnover is a symptom. The Correct. problem is the leadership and, and HR is the scapegoats. That's <laughs> correct. Okay. That is what I have discovered. Now, small to mid-sized companies frequently don't have HR. Right. In their, Which in, is another problem in and of itself. Well, yes and no. We, that's a different discussion. However, okay. what they do is have a different error judgment and they give the people stuff to the CFO or the financial person who doesn't know anything about people. Sure. And what that does is create problems of a different nature, which as the, as the organization grows, it can reach a point where the CFO or the, the controller or the bookkeeper, depending on how big a company it is, says, you know what, I can't do all this stuff with uh, dealing with people who have problems. That's not what I do. I'm a numbers person. Sure. And they begin to look for someone ostensibly with human uh, interaction skills. Okay. That's interesting. And do you find that clients are generally receptive? Like, you know, the light bulb goes on. 
because you know you've you've diagnosed the problem in a way that's completely different from what they were thinking the problem was. The light bulb will only go on if the current is running. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Uh, frequently, it is uh, like unfortunately, South Africa has shedding going on, where multiple times a day people have no power, zero. Right, you right, sure. Turn, right. So you can't turn the lights, you can't cook, you can't do anything. Frequently, when we get into an organization, the current isn't running because no one has a generator attached. The generator is the vision, the strategies, and the goals that the leader wants. Okay. And they have to fuel the system. If this fuel isn't in the system, the system is not going to run. Okay. And then, so you, if the client is receptive, you help them start, start with those kind of create the building blocks correct, and then, and then work your way back towards the pop, the problem where you started, which was the in this case, the turnover. Right. Exactly. That is how it happens. And we, we have the, I have a, a process that I've called this esoteric name, the system. Oh, the system. I like the that. System. And it has five phases, starting with the, the leadership group, uh, the sweet spot for the work we do is 50, 70 people. And there's usually a leadership group of um, somewhere between three and seven uh, sure. in, the, in the leadership executive level, so to speak. And we take them away for two and a half days and beat them up until they respond oh. to what we believe they need to do, which is articulate this paint by the numbers picture of what they want this organization to look like in three, four, five years, whatever they're comfortable with. Right. Now, there are times when that doesn't work. Uh, I remember one in particular, we took the people away for that. And after the end of the first four hours of the first day, it was very clear. Not only weren't they ready for that, they weren't ready even to create near-term goals that are executed. Oh, wow. So, we put an end to the vision and said, okay, guys, we're going to reconvene tomorrow. And here's a quick questionnaire to get us started. And it's tangible, executable stuff in the weeds, is which is where our clients start. Every conversation, when we take them on retreats, whether it's strategy or vision, they end up in the weeds. Well, you know, the clients, uh, our customers are not paying our bills. That's operational. Right. It's not vision. Sure. Right. So we have to pull them up out of the weeds and get them started. It's a lot of handholding initially until they do it. And then the end result is an example, several examples in the corporate travel business. Years ago, when airlines were paying a commission and they're not. Sure. Started at the basics with this organization in Philadelphia. They had about 200 people when we started over 400 three years later, and they sold it for cash to a giant and the owners retired. Wow. Just how it works when they, when they do what they want. Right. What they combine what they want with what we recommend in terms of action. Right. To manage the organization, not run the business. I right. wouldn't know how to punch out an airline ticket, no matter what you pay <laughs> or be a travel agent. No, right. thank you. But that's not what you're there for. Not what we're there for. That's interesting. So you said in the system, so you said there were five elements. The first yes. one was the leadership group. No, the first, yeah, the leadership group articulating this vision. Right. The second is also the leadership group. 
And what they're doing there is formulating strategy. Okay. The thing about vision first, second is strategy. Right. Okay. Because the strategy, when it becomes real, is supporting the vision. Right. The realization of the vision. Right. And the problem with strategy is you can't do it. Strategy, you one, you know the term strategic planning? Yes. That used to be my job title. Right. Okay. One cannot plan strategy. Okay. One can formulate strategy. Then you can plan how you're going to execute on that strategy okay. with an organizational goal system that's made up of executable goals that is cascaded and disseminated throughout the organization. And everyone's involved in that. Sure. Okay. So it starts at the top three levels, two and a half. Then you bring everybody in. And then what is the structure of this entity? What does it have to look like? How many functional areas do we have? How many um, strategic markets are we trying to penetrate? All kinds of questions like that. Okay. And so is that, that the third element of the system? Four, well, now the structure is well, the Now fourth. we're in the fourth. Yeah. The, the goals that you want to achieve based on the strategy you formulated, which is okay. going to take you to the vision. Got it. Okay. So vision, strategy, goals. Structure. structure. Got it. Right. Okay. So how many domains are there within this thing? And the, the, here's where it has to be really careful. If one just looks at each functional arena, if you will, finance, sales, uh, maintenance, whatever it happens to be, programming, it happens right. to be in computers, and just looks at those and doesn't consider the interaction required, you end up building a bunch of silos. Right. If an organization is running with silos, the wheat will rot. I promise you. Right. Sure. Because okay. You're not going to get it out of the silo in time. So it's build this the the uh, structure that represents the the needs functionally of this organization, and then most importantly, identify the characteristics and attributes of the people required to function consistently in those roles. Okay. Initially, as leaders. Rather than, here's all the people we have. Well, let's make Sarah do this and Fred will do that. No, Sarah doesn't know how to do it. She just happens to be in your organization right now. Find out who Sarah is. Okay. okay. So whether from the outside or inside, you have to find out who your people are. Sure. And does, so does that get, and so what's number five? Or That's is five. That, that is number five. Is the people. Is okay. the people. So vision, is, strategy, goals, organization, structure, structure, people. And then people. Correct. Okay. All right. That sounds great. So let me ask you this, Richard. So you talked about, you know, what you bring to these situations is obviously the experience, you know, you had over the years, um, you know, the education. And I saw that, you know, in, you know, in your LinkedIn profile and from our conversations that you've done a lot of sort of continuing ed type things, you know, yes. taking on online courses and so on. So the, the question, I guess, you know, the podcast is called Things I Didn't Learn at Harvard. Right? I learned a lot when I was there. I've learned a lot more since I left. So what have you learned in business through your experience that you didn't learn either at Temple or any of the other courses you've taken, but that, you know, it's just an obvious truth that jumped out at you, but that, you know, your experience is what taught it to you. And certainly not at Harvard. Okay. 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 So we, that takes care of that one. Uh, if there is a, I don't know that there's a single takeaway. Sure. But there are two two primary 
memes. Okay, that's fine. One is, without a system of goals, our only motivation is survival. Aha, okay, oh, I like that. And the second is, it is always about the people. Oh, that's excellent. If If one focuses on just those two things, they will, in fact, be as successful as they want to be because it takes work to be successful. Sure. And success, defined by Paul J. Meyer, who was one of my idols, he died 10 years ago. Um, success is, is the um, progressive realization, progressive realization, step by step, of worthwhile personal goals. Okay, wow. Well, I never, I haven't heard it, I never heard it put that way. If, okay. if, if this leader that I found who doesn't know why his business is there except for him, isn't clear what his or her goals are, and they're not progressively moving toward it, there will not be success. Right. But once they begin moving toward it, it is success already. Right. Okay. So that takes care of the, without a system of goals, our only motivation is survival. I mean, you can go back to Maslow for that one. Sure. At the bottom. Right, that's the one at the bottom. Yes, exactly. If it's right. a if it's a triangle, people call it a pyramid, but two dimensions. It's a triangle. Right, uh, and that ties directly to the only entity that can own and execute a goal is a human being. Right. So organizations don't have goals. We like to think they do. Organizational goals are to increase sales by five hundred twenty-seven percent this year. No, right. the organization doesn't have that. Whoever's responsible for, for sales owns that goal, is responsible for it, and if the organization is structured appropriately, can be held accountable for the performance, and they welcome the accountability because they'll get help from other people. Remember, right. no silos, no silos. Right, okay. So This the is all ideal stuff, you understand that, right? I'm sorry? This is all ideal stuff. That yeah, yeah, yes, 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 of course. But yeah, that, that's, what we, that's what we strive towards is the ideal, right? Right. So, okay. So the, the two the two sort of touchstones are the goals and the people which were critical to the accomplishment or the realization of the goals. That's correct. Okay. And I, I love the five, the five steps of the system because, you know, I'd like to keep things simple and yes. understandable. So, keep it uh, simple. I love that. Yeah, Absolutely. that's fabulous. Well, 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 thank you very much, Richard. I think you've really laid out a system that I think applies to any size business, small, yes. medium, or large, you know, so solopreneurs, or even in our personal lives. Yeah. Oh, without question. We do a lot of the personal development. Okay. And, 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 so, and Richard, like, what's the best way for people to reach you and, you know, see uh, if, uh, if you can, like, take on their situation or uh, company or challenge? There are uh, three primary ways. One is my phone, which I use. I'm old and I like telephones. <laughs> and I can give you the number if you want it. Yeah, go uh, ahead. 215-872-6025. That is a Philadelphia number. I'm in Pompano Beach, Florida. I've had that number for 20 years and I'm sticking with it. And that takes okay. care of the number. Then there's my email which is rslawine at rslgo.com. And then there is um, my website, which is execs, 
E-X, E-C-S, concierge, C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com. And there are forms on there. Or you can reach me by um, text at the same phone number. Or you can send a carrier pigeon or a telegram. I will respond to everything. And what about LinkedIn? And LinkedIn, I am there without question. And there's links in LinkedIn for me, but they are the, the ones I just gave you. They are the same links. Okay. But if you if you um, connect with me and you open my contact information, you will find all this information. Perfect. Well, Excellent. How else, how else may I entertain you today? <laughs> well, I think you covered it kind of like how the, the way Victor so eloquently mentioned earlier. Yeah. I think I think you've, you've really given us a, a lot of us and our listeners a lot of really great information. Good. And it's very structured. And I think that's the best way for people to kind of, you know, either walk through it or, yeah. you know, if they need additional help, then, you know, have you have you helped them with it? So. Please send us your comments and questions about networking. You can email us at dintlearn at harvard at gmail.com. We'll be including this in the description, in the episode description. Try today's networking nugget and tell us whether it worked or if you hate it. Or if you'd like us to brainstorm a solution for you. No charge. That's our way of saying thank you for supporting us by listening and sharing our content with people you care about. That's all this week from Rajiv and Victor. Thanks for listening to Things I Didn't Learn at Harvard. Hopefully, you learned something here today.